Welcome to the Parkview Church Training Podcast, where we equip you to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to learn more about Parkview or give to our ministry, please visit parkviewchurch.org. Hello, welcome to the Parkview Training Podcast. This is Thomas Hope, uh, one of your pastors here at Parkview. And this week, for this episode, I'm excited uh, to do the first of several Meet the Elders episodes. And so in the, in the name of knowing your leaders well and wanting to be known, myself, I'm an elder. Maybe Devin will interview me one of these times. Um, but I'm here actually to talk with Dave Asprey, who is, in fact, our elder chair. So, Dave, welcome. Well, thank you. And it is a delight to be here. And I look forward to having a conversation with you and sharing information. Excellent. Excellent. So, Dave, I'm so thankful for you, brother. I have gotten to know Dave a lot better over the last few years in particular, of course, um, being on staff and all that, but even have just enjoyed you. Um, and what I've noticed, Dave is a man of prayer. Dave is a gentle man. Um, Dave, you know, is incredibly competent, is what I've noticed about Dave. Leads well, but has a way of making people around him feel important. And... Um, Dave makes me feel like I can do it. And I meet lots of people who are high flyers in, you know, the worlds that they inhabit. And when you talk with them, you sense from them, I know that you can't really do it. <laughs> <laughs> I can, and you can, but I don't sense that from you, Dave. And so I'm just so thankful. That's, that's humility. And uh, that's the spirit of Jesus in you. Well, so that, I'm thankful for you. Well, thank you, Thomas. Yeah. That is very kind of you, and I appreciate those uh, kind words. And uh, certainly it has been a journey, and I am continuing to try to grow and improve. Mm. Um, but I'm fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of great people at Parkview, mm. like yourself, <laughs> who uh, have uh, certainly taught me lots of great and important uh, truths that you've learned from the scriptures as well. And not only that you know them, but that you live them out and model that for us, which is, of course, incredibly important. So thank you for doing that. Awesome. Well, we honor you. Um, great. Well, I want to know some just some of the basics about you, Dave. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in the great state of Minnesota. Mm. Uh, I grew up actually on a dairy farm about 20 minutes straight west of Rochester, so southern Minnesota. And uh, grew up there with the family of uh, mom and dad and four boys, uh, which was a great help on the dairy farm, as you uh -huh. might imagine. <laughs> they were blessed in that regard. Uh -huh. But uh, it was a great place to grow up, you know, lots of opportunities to be involved in things. Grew up in a small uh, school as well, so, you mm -hmm. know, could be involved in everything from choir to sports to, they used to call it the clam. I don't know if it's like debate, same oh, sort okay. of thing still <laughs> exists anymore, but. Wouldn't have known. Yeah. The, yeah, the clam. Yeah. Okay. So, uh Gave us opportunities to be involved in lots of different things, and so um, it was a great place to grow up, for sure. That's great. And I'll have to get some notes from you about, you know, now having three boys of my own, who knows if the next roll of the dice could be four. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, hear about how to raise that many energetic little boys. But <laughs> um, great. Uh, small town Minnesota. How big was the town you grew up in? So the town itself was a at the time I was there was about a population of seven between seven and eight hundred. Okay, um, that's the, small. Yeah. yeah, at the time, you know, there was actually our own school system. Mm -hmm. They've since consolidated, mm -hmm. um, but like my graduating class size was I think forty six or seven something okay. like that. Yeah. 
Okay. So pretty small. That's not, well, not tiny, but pretty yeah. small. I'm surprised that that's a lot of young people for it. Yeah. Down. Well, yeah. It, it captured a pretty big geographic area. Okay. So yeah. lots of time on the bus. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then how did you end up from there? How'd you get to Iowa City? Yes. So I went, uh, being the third son out of four, mm-hmm. uh, my oldest brother had decided he was going to be a part of the farm. And so um, that, that certainly worked out well for my dad and him. Mm-hmm. Um, my next brother, next oldest brother had decided to, uh, being close to Rochester and Mayo Clinic, decided that maybe he would get involved in some form of healthcare. So he went mm-hmm. off to be a surgical technician. Mm-hmm. Um, at a technical college, took a, a few uh, semesters there and then uh, started working at Mayo Clinic. And so when it was my turn to decide what to do, uh, decided I would go off to the big city Ooh. and uh, went north to the St. Paul, Minneapolis area Okay, and thought I would attend school, uh-huh. uh, also known as play football. Okay. And so went off to- I'm I learning s- a lot. Yes, this is great. Yes. Started football. out at uh, Northwestern College um, mm-hmm. my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just was kind of had, having not had any other siblings or parents who had gone to college, was just kind of making mm-hmm. my way through that system. At that time, Northwestern was pretty much exclusively a Bible college. Okay. Um, it did have just some very basic science courses that were usually taken alongside of, you know, the biblical studies or other ministry areas that people were studying. Mm-hmm. And so the one course that I took in biology really piqued my interest. And I said, you know, I really like biology. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I went whatever half mile up the road to Bethel then and Mm -hmm. graduated from Bethel college with a biology major with chem and psych minors there. Okay. So that was, that was my journey. But as you might well know, when you get (laughs) partway through your biology major, they begin to ask you, well, what do you plan to do with your biology major? Biology. Yes, of course. What else would you do? Yeah. But, uh, you know, in my, in my world, it was kind of you either did DNR kinds of things mm-hmm. or you went off and did healthcare kinds of mm-hmm. things. And so when I started looking at healthcare options, um, I wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed necessarily. Okay. And so, you know, I, I was an okay student, but I wasn't, uh, when I looked at like, you know, applying to medical school and dental school and all those other schools, I thought, wow, that's, you know, they're pretty smart people and they've got a lot of good grades and, mm-hmm. Just the debt load that would come from it, I thought, my goodness, you know, you could buy a small farm for the price of what you might incur in debt going through medical school. So I literally stumbled across a brochure one day about physician assistant. I had no idea what it was at the time, Mm -hmm. but began looking into that. And it had a lot of the same features that were really interesting to me about the practice of medicine. But in a much shorter time, I could be in practice, a much Mm -hmm. less debt load not sort of being married to a lifestyle that would demand, you know, a really large income just to be able to pay off your debt. So Mm -hmm. uh, next thing I knew, I was genuinely pursuing that particular profession and Mm -hmm. landed at the University of Iowa eventually. Wow. Okay. Sounds like there are a few more steps in there, but one, two, skip a a few, we're (laughs) there. Exactly. Okay. And the PA program is here at Iowa has always been sort of one of the higher ranked kind of programs in the country. Yes, we have been fortunate. Uh, I think going back to about 93 or four, when they Mm -hmm. started ranking uh, PA programs, the U.S. News and World Report, um, I think the first, very first rankings, we were tied for fourth, if I remember correctly, Mm -hmm. but have been first or tied for first for several years running. So yes, we've been very blessed to have a a strong program here, Mm -hmm. different, unique than most other PA programs in that it's 
embedded in the College of Medicine coursework mm-hmm. taken with the medical students. So it's a little different than most PA programs around the country in that respect. But mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been very fortunate for sure. That's great. Uh, cool. So that covers what your job is. And <laughs> but I would love to hear it. So that's work life, family life. Yeah. Tell us about your is. family. All right. So family life, uh, we have, uh, as most of you would know, if you've met our family, uh, grown children. Mm-hmm. So uh, my wife, Jill, actually, I met while I was here at the University of Iowa. Uh, while I was in PA school, she was in nursing school. And mm-hmm. so my roommate at the time actually introduced us to each other in the Hardin Health Sciences Library. So it has a okay. special place in our hearts. Yes. But uh, so we met and got married and have three kids that are all grown. Our mm-hmm. oldest, Laura, is now married to Matt. They live in the Marion area. Uh, Laura teaches at Central City uh, and in, now an instructional strategist. She was a uh, middle school and high school science teacher, mm-hmm. which uh, bless those who work in that area. I find, you know, working with middle school aged kids challenging in and of itself, but to give them acid and Bunsen burners is oh a whole my. different level oh of my. trust, I think. So yeah, need some good insurance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, so anyway, she loves science and, and that's been great for her. Her husband, Matt works at, uh, what used to be Rockwell Collins now Raytheon. Um, so we ne- can't talk about what he does. No, that would be top secret uh-huh. stuff. I'm sure. <laughs> No one knows. Yes. And then our second is Nolan, who is now a second-year anesthesia resident over at Medical College of Wisconsin. Mm. And he is married to Kate, who is a PA who went through the St. Ambrose program and Mm. works in general surgery over there. Uh, So that's the second one. And then our last but not least is Caleb, who just finished up his uh, instruction, or I'm sorry, industrial engineering degree Mm. at Iowa State. Okay. So you've had a lot of kids go through science and healthcare, sort of, and your your wife Jill is Jill works as a pediatric nurse practitioner. Okay, okay. and uh, just recently retired from the Cedar Rapids School District this past summer, and so has just Great. been doing some uh, fill-in work with things like immunization clinics and things of that nature. So she's yeah. currently taking a little break from the the grind of being in healthcare for yeah. many years. So okay. It's been a hard time to be in healthcare. Indeed, oh. it has. Yes. Well, it must be fun to see your kids kind of doing some of the same stuff that you did and interested in those areas. It is. Doing biology. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we still, whenever the group is all together, we still joke frequently about sort of our, uh, you know, evening conversations around the dinner table mm-hmm. and, you know, debating science topics and issues yeah. and how nerdy we really are. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. great. To each his own. Yeah. That's awesome. Great. Uh, well, would love to hear more about your sort of spiritual journey. How did you become a Christian, Dave? Yes, great question. Um, so I did have the good fortune of growing up in a family that um, went to church regularly. In fact, we went to a small Baptist church, and so we were there Sunday morning, Sunday mm-hmm. night, Wednesday night. Okay. You know, we were the doors were open. We were pretty much there. But but that honestly was a blessing from the standpoint of just really having a group of individuals uh, like-minded who were interested in serving Christ and having an Mm -hmm. opportunity to do that, having some, you know, friends, peers in the, in the school system that you knew who had similar beliefs and trust was also really a valuable for us growing up, I think as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But along the way uh, I had one of my older brothers, the next oldest, Kevin, um, I think had come back from our Bible camp actually in Mm -hmm. the summer. And so, 
Uh, we were actively involved in 4-H, if you're familiar with that organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, I recall specifically that uh, Kevin and I were sitting in the car. Mom had run in to do some errands at one of the, the stores for a little bit. And he started talking and, and asked me one of the, you know, questions that we sometimes hear uh, being used in evangelism, which was essentially, you know, do you know what would happen to you if you were to die? Mm-hmm. And so it, of course, got my young mind. I was probably, I think, eight or nine at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, got me thinking about that particular question and realizing that I really didn't know for sure that I could tell uh, with great assurance exactly what would happen to me if I were to die at that point mm-hmm. in time. So that night after we got home, uh, I recall uh, in a conversation with my mom indicating to her that, you know, I was worried about the fact that I wasn't really certain that I could tell some uh, with assurance what mm-hmm. would happen to me if I were to die. Mm-hmm. And so she walked me through that process of, you know, asking me, um, you know, what, uh, sharing some verses with me about how uh, we are expected to, you know, individually share um, and examine the scriptures and really think about that question and that there is a way for us to be able to place our trust in Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and to pray and ask him to become the the Lord and Savior of our life. And so that night before we went to bed, um, she checked in with me and asked me if I was interested in doing that. And I said, yes, I was. And so Mm -hmm. that was really my conversion Mm -hmm. um, was at that early age. And certainly, you know, my uh, relationship with Christ has, you know, waxed and waned at times. Um, But I would say that that is where I would point back to is the decision point at which I had placed my trust in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. Yes, indeed. Thankful for family members. That's right. Yeah. And I think, you know, often I know people be like, well, my story is not all that dramatic or exciting. But uh, now that I'm a parent, I think I would love for (laughs) every one of my children to have a story like that where they're, they're compelled by what they see in their family and they then they open up the Bible and see who Jesus is and it's it yeah. is that's great. Yeah. Praise the Lord for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, mo- modeling those behaviors, I think, you know, watching your parents, you know, uh, at the time farming wasn't an exactly a lucrative job necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, so when there were financial struggles, when the weather was bad, you know, watching the fact that their faith didn't really very that you know they there was a genuine evidence of mm-hmm. how they really put their trust in God to carry them through those kinds of scenarios or health issues. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was very meaningful to sort of see that lived out in front of me. Yeah, that's great. Um, great. What would you say you're learning about Jesus right now? Yeah, great question as well. Um, one of the things that has been uh, something that I've spent some time looking at is the notion of obedience, mm-hmm. and um, I'm I'm generally a rule follower. I'm you know okay. I'm not somebody that you know wrestles a whole lot with authority or those kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but there came a point as I was reading and and thinking more about obedience and what that really meant from you know from God's perspective and and what the scriptures had to share with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and fairly recently, really, I guess you know a revelation of sorts that it goes beyond just really that notion of saying that you believe something you're being told um, goes beyond really the notion of um, saying that you trust that to be accurate, but there's a more active component to that, Mm -hmm. that it really, you know, relies on, or it takes the uh, notion that you're actually going to be sort of active in that, that you will carry Mm -hmm. out your and conduct yourself in accordance with that. Mm 
um, in a way that goes beyond just checking a box to say, yes, I, I believe this or I, I trust this to be true. Yeah. Um, that it really should color and influence, you know, all aspects of your life, um, mm-hmm. whether it's your finances, whether it's your relationships, whether it's, uh, you know, your work, whatever it might be. Yeah. That, you know, when we really are o- obedient to God and die to self, um, you know, that that's, that's really the life-changing component that allows God to use us in his intended purposes. So. Yeah. Well, that's a challenging thought, I think. It, it is. I mean... <laughs> Like I said, you know, so I the think Lord has been challenging. Yeah. <laughs> I've had, I've had an immature, perhaps, uh, mm-hmm. or less than complete understanding of obedience for for mm-hmm. a long time, and just have been more recently convicted about, you know, it really, it there should be evidences of that in every element of what we do. You mm-hmm. know, so if somebody were to look at our bank accounts, if somebody were to look at, you know, how I spend my time, if people mm-hmm. were, you know, where I invest my time, you name it. Um, there should hopefully be evidence that it goes beyond just this, yes, saying I, I, I believe that or yes, I trust that, that it actually influences how I, how I would live, decisions yeah. I would make. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I see the fruit of that in your life. So, praise the Lord. Um, great. Well, how long have you been around Parkview specifically? Yes, I'm one of the old timers for sure. Yes. Um, so, when I came down to uh, Iowa City area in 1985-ish, um, at that time, uh, was attended a, tried a couple of different churches, but eventually, as Jill and I were sort of wrapping up school here, um, started attending here fairly regularly right before we got married, mm-hmm. uh, which would have been back in 87, 88. So we probably mm-hmm. started attending here regularly in 1988, I would say. Okay. It's a long time. It is. Yeah, I'm 35 years, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, quite a long time. A lot of changes. Yeah, a you've seen you've seen Parkview in many different seasons. Yes, Pastor Jenkins was the uh, pastor at that time. So, Pastor yes. Jenkins. Yes. Okay. Wow. What I've, what's that been like <laughs> to, for you to see Parkview in so many different? You know, I know in the '90s, you know, sort of one thing in the growth with Jeff, yeah. and yeah. you know, going to 2000s and the sort of explosion of 24/7 and all. Yeah. That. What was it like to yeah. to be part of things? Yeah, well, Park, Parkview has been a great place, I think, in a variety of different ways. Um, not only has it been a, a great place just to have friends and, you know, individuals that you really could live life with mm-hmm. and feel like you could share things with them. They would, you know, uh, come along and, and take care of you when perhaps you were in need of some help or assistance. So certainly just the community has been a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of people who really have you know trusted God, who have lived that out um, mm-hmm. and who have been faithful in, in taking care of um everyone, you know, or many of us at Parkview, whether we're members or regular attenders. Mm -hmm. So that part has certainly been great. Um, As you alluded to, certainly Parkview has gone through a fair amount of growth, Mm -hmm. um, at least early on in those years that we were here, Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, there was only a small shell of the building that we have today at that Mm -hmm. point in time. Mm -hmm. And then we have added on and added on a couple more times since then. So Mm -hmm. certainly we saw, you know, fruit from the standpoint that it Additional attenders were coming, that they were interested in hearing God's word preached, that they were um, interested in having their kids involved in ministries that would you know, help train them up and partner with mm-hmm. them in their roles as parents. Mm-hmm. And so that was all, uh, a, there were a lot of great things that just have been beneficial, not only to me individually, but to our family, mm-hmm. uh, to the community. I think we've you know, been a blessing to the community in a lot of different ways over many mm-hmm. decades here at Parkview. 
Um, but we have also had some seasons that have been more challenging, as mm-hmm. as, as has been the case in, in recent years. And so um, there have been those times where I think we have seen God use Parkview very mightily, uh, very dependent on him, mm-hmm. walking closely with him. And at times there have been some instances where we perhaps have not had as close a relationship with God in terms of just really prioritizing the importance of various different elements of mm-hmm of um, ministry here. And so um, I'm glad that we're, you know, I feel like Parkview is now at a stage where we are beginning to see some positive growth and some positive changes Mm -hmm. and moving in a direction that again, I think um, is, is very good for the community. Um, And, and the other thing that's changed, I think a lot in the Iowa city area is just that when we attended here in those very early years, there really were not many other true evangelical churches in the area. Mm -hmm. And now there are some other options for mm-hmm. people to attend that mm-hmm. are great churches as well. And so um, that has changed the dynamic, I think, for Parkview a bit as well here yeah. in recent years. Yeah, that's true. Well, having been all through all that, you said, I'd like to become an elder. Wonderful. So thankful <laughs> for that. What made you want to become an elder? Oh, gosh. That is a good question as well. Um, and so... I, as I alluded to earlier, grew up in a small community yeah. where people were almost by necessity needed to be actively involved in uh, the communities that they lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was part of the culture really kind of where I grew up was just that notion that, um, you know, you can't just sort of sit back on the sidelines and expect all those things to happen. There just aren't enough of us to to make that work. Mm-hmm. And so very much saw my parents, you know, certainly serve in various different roles in the church, um, was mentored well by um, other men while I was growing up, uh, everything from youth pastors to just other uh, believers. Um, and so that was valuable to see that modeled for me that, mm-hmm. you know, what God has gifted you, that it is important to look for ways to use the gifts and the talents that God has given you to try to advance his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so... Service and, and, and that component has been something that, you know, has been a s- very important and significant part of my life. Um, I can't remember the exact year Jeff was, Jeff Gilmore was our pastor at that time. I think maybe 93-ish, in fact, mm-hmm. served on the, uh, shortly thereafter starting on the elder board for the first time, uh, was on the search committee for Steve Ratchke, so, um, but have seen a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting and exciting, but also challenging things that have played out in, in the role as an elder, but largely have been driven to it, I think, just in that desire to use the gifts and talents that God has given me to advance his kingdom. Yeah. So probably a lot of people listening to this will know kind of what is an elder, what do they do? Probably, hopefully, if you're a member of Parkview, you know the, the board is sort of the ultimate human decision makers under God's authority um, here at Parkview. But what what does that mean outside of, you know, meeting and, and deciding things. And secret handshakes. That's and, right. Uh, all those things. Yeah. Well, I didn't think we were going to talk. Oh, about okay. That. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's important question for sure. So I would say when I think about the role of the elder, there's really basically two big buckets, if you will, um, that the elders primarily have responsibility for. Certainly as you alluded to, there is that important role of having, um, sort of the business element, if you will, of, of making sure that we have, you know, plans for a budget and mm-hmm. we know how to hire people and mm-hmm. can conduct our businesses as a church in that respect. And mm-hmm. so there's that leadership element of it that is certainly one important component of it. The other important big bucket, I would say, is shepherding. And mm-hmm. so 
you know, that's kind of a general term that gets used in a lot of different ways. But ultimately, I would describe it as really being um, a subset of the members of the congregation uh, who are really charged with trying to ensure that we take good care of the members of our congregation. Mm. So loving them well, caring for them, also potentially admonishing them on rare occasions, encouraging them to, um, again, use the gifts and talents that they have to, as a body, come together and really just do a great job of um, serving all of them. So that that's the other element, I think, that's a, the big bucket that um, maybe not everyone always uh, thinks of first when they think about an elder or the elder team is that notion of really trying to make sure that we have in place uh, the appropriate ministries, the appropriate um, reference materials, uh, things that can help our congregational members in their walk with Christ and ultimately being servants them, uh, themselves as well. Great. That's a good summary of, of all. Well, not surprised. What's been most enjoyable? If you have, you know, memorable moments of, of being an elder, um, any reflections on that? Yeah, I would say some of the most uh, probably rewarding components of being an elder is just seeing life change that occurs, mm-hmm. um, you know, not always directly from our own uh, interactions with an individual necessarily, but mm-hmm. just knowing that um, having a place like Parkview with great staff and great congregants who can come alongside in ministry mm-hmm. with each other and put into place those activities that can help individuals be met where they're at when mm-hmm. they come to Parkview and whatever place they are, whether they're a believer or a non-believer, and just watch them as they continue to grow and change and see how God can just really uh, dramatically um, change their lives as they walk in that relationship with Christ. So that's probably the most, one of the most rewarding things. We certainly, you know, uh, are made aware oftentimes of prayer requests or needs Mm -hmm. that individuals have, and also just watching God's faithfulness. Mm You know, not all the congregants probably get to see all of those things because they're not always uh, suitable to share with everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, But just just seeing God's faithfulness in so many different ways through ministries, through individual lives, and how he has just been um, so incredibly faithful to us, I think is one of those other really rewarding elements of being an elder that not everyone always gets to see all of those uh, various different components played out. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do this interview with you and, and other elders is so much of the ministry of being an elder is unseen, unheralded, and properly so, um, often because the, the situations you might get involved in are uh, personal and private. Um, and uh, so it's good to, good to hear kind of what, is it, what does it mean and uh, what, is that, what is that meant for you. What do you see at Parkview right now that's, that's encouraging you, that's, that's sort of putting wind in your sails? Yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of great things. As I had mentioned earlier, you know, we have gone through a bit of a challenge in some leadership issues in, in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, but there has been a faithful nucleus of people who I think, you know, have, um, I, would, I would say that Parkview has been refined or we have been refined um, in recent years. And I think that's been um, always not pleasant, but mm-hmm. certainly valuable from the standpoint that I think... Um, there's just been this really solid group of uh, core people who have stayed here at Parkview, have um, wanted to be involved in the ministry, wanted to see Parkview um, move forward in, in a new direction that God might be calling us to do. Mm-hmm. And so that has been certainly one of the enjoyable things. Obviously, also, a, I had a, the good fortune to be a part of the team that sought the 
new lead pastor. Mm-hmm. And so that was also a great opportunity just to see how God um, brought to Parkview um, uh, Pastor Mark. And um, mm-hmm. now that he has been in place for a few months, just seeing us be able to, I think, be a little more focused, uh, really refining what it is God's calling us to do, having a mm-hmm. clear direction. Um, I think that's been really exciting as well and is something that um, I feel very you know, optimistic that God has put in place for us a man who will help lead us forward uh, to really cast that vision that God has for Parkview to make, mm-hmm. make it clear to us what he's calling us to do mm-hmm. and to then energize us to just run after that as hard as we can. So. Yeah, that's great. What do you find yourself sort of, on the other hand, kind of just consistently praying for Parkview right now? What are you burdened for? What are you asking the Lord for? Yeah. So I would say some of the some of the top things that you know are on my heart or mind as an elder, an elder chair. Um, certainly, I think you know having gone through that challenging time, I know that uh, um, some of our staff and personnel certainly you know that was a difficult time to be uh, in that role here, and so just praying. Just for continued healing and restoring our um, both our, our staff, but also some of our congregants who have been long term here, um, it has been challenging, I'm sure, for many of them as well. And so, just a, a unity a renewal for those individuals who have been here for that long time. Um, so that's that's one thing. I would also say that um, just prayer for um, that all members at, and regular attenders at Parkview would just really be um, passionate about wanting to find what it is that God's calling them to do in terms of mm-hmm. a ministry, mm-hmm. uh, the gifts and talents that they have been uniquely blessed with, that mm-hmm. they would just be clear what those are, that they would then in turn look for opportunities that they can use those gifts and talents here. Mm-hmm. And that um, as the scriptures refer to, you know, that whole body, that it really requires us all with all those different gifts and talents to be functioning at maximum level to really to really be the church that, that, that God has called us to be. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one other important area that, you know, I'm just uh, continuing, continuing to pray that each of us would, um, you know, not be content to sort of sit on the sideline and watch the game, but rather really look for a way that they can come in and contribute to the game and be active in that way. And to ultimately mm-hmm. see, you know, people not only in Johnson County and the surrounding area, but around the state, country, world, um, see their lives changed as they get uh, introduced to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as well. That's great. I join you in those prayers. Those are good <laughs> prayers. I Thank appreciate you. those. Yeah. Um, is there anything that's, uh, as you've read the Bible, as you've reflected on kind of where we are as a church right now, that's sort of been a passage that you've returned to, to mm. for encouragement or to reflect on, anything like that? There is, and if you'll allow me, I'm going to I'll read a few of the verses. It's uh, from Colossians 1, mm-hmm. and specifically I'll be reading verses 3 through 14, and then I'll, I'll read them first, and then I'll talk a bit more about why in particular my mind has often returned to those verses for you. So so first Colossians, or excuse me, Colossians 1, mm-hmm. uh, verse 3 starts with, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have of all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed uh, the whole world is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also uh, does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, 
our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And now starting in verse 10, it starts to lay out uh, another key area that I'll come back to when I make some comments here. And it says, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. And so, as I've read that on, on a few different occasions and just kind of our recent journey and, and some of the challenges with Parkview, just reminded of how really it is other individuals who are sent or who come and we interact with and share the love of Christ with us mm-hmm. and help us to grow. Um, and then as it turns to verse 10 and it just begins to map that out as to what that would look like, um, very much that's a desire I have for Parkview is, you know, that we would live out those characteristics that are described in verses 10 through 14, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, we would really be focused out with a sort of an eternal perspective mm-hmm. that really looks to what God is calling us to do, um, how we should live our lives in light of what Christ has done for us, the sacrifice that he has made for us. Um, and that, uh, as difficult as it is in today's world to not get caught up in a lot of the, you know, current culture and what things should be prioritized or what's valued Mm -hmm. to really not, uh, not let Satan sort of snare us with that, but to rather, um, really stay focused on what it is God's called us to do, how he's called us to live, how we should live in relationship, uh, ultimately to bring others to that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's a good word. I'm going to remember remember that one. Now, can I take us on a slight left turn Please before do. we wrap up? Well, I think. Uh, I wanted to hear, what do you do with your free time? Ah, Hobbies. Yes. Someone wants to come up and just talk to you about something you can yeah, talk about yeah. for hours. Yeah. I so think I know what it is. I, yeah. All right. <laughs> well, so I would say there's a couple of things. I, I am a sports guy. So mm-hmm. uh, from that standpoint, I follow the Hawks pretty close, mostly basketball and football, mm-hmm. uh, having played football myself in college so mm-hmm. that that still remains a passion for me mm-hmm. uh having grown up in minnesota and not having professional sports in iowa i still follow the vikings closely okay. for good bad or sure. otherwise decent season yeah this a little year disappointing but still, still <laughs> no super bowl yeah. Uh, but yeah and so there's certainly that element if anybody's interested in sports so <laughs> we could certainly start up a conversation in that area yeah uh, I also, uh, Jill and I like to ride motorcycles. So yes. Yeah, so a uh, little known fact perhaps is that, uh, we do have a Harley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have had the good pleasure of riding with the Balmers in All fact, right. actually yes. already since they live out in our neck of the woods uh-huh. and they ride motorcycle as well, along with the Croymans who are also attendees at Parkview. So if you're out there wanting to ride motorcycle, that's another great conversation we could have with you. And so, uh, yeah, those are a couple of things that I spend, you know, some of my spare time. We, we now are grandparents for the first time. Yeah. Uh, um, another one on the way, but I just learned that yesterday, so we won't spill any beans there. <laughs> but being a grandparent is a pretty good gig as well. So Great. It was fun to see you on Sunday. Yes. I don't know when this will come out, but 
very recently yes. <laughs> with a little one in your arms. Yeah. A lot of fun. Indeed. That's great. Cool. Well, uh, the Bible actually calls us to pray for those who are leading us, and um, that's you. How can Parkview be praying for you, for your family, your ministry? Wow. Yeah, thanks for asking that question. So um, I, I would say a couple of things. One is, as I just mentioned earlier, um, that I w- really would uh, have God's eternal perspective, mm-hmm. not get caught up in the day-to-day um, activities and pressures and influences and culture that uh, can easily snare me, mm. snare us. Mm. So just that eternal perspective, um, also just being pure from the standpoint of, you know, we're, Thomas knows that we are uh, actively, he's been helping us with uh, reading the book called Lead by Paul Tripp. Um, I will not lie, I read ahead. Uh, (laughs) Chapter six is on uh, spiritual warfare, essentially, and and Pastor Mark's recent um, sermon actually touched on that a bit as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's just the other element that, you know, not to be naive, that there is indeed an evil one who would be uh, more than happy to draw us into things that are unholy or unpure mm. and that there will be challenges to being in leadership roles and, and in ministry roles, whoever yeah. is involved in that. And so just pray that God would, uh, you know, protect, protect me, protect us from those uh, potential snares that live out, that exist out there for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd say those are the two probably top priorities in terms of ways that people could pray uh, for me. Appreciate that. Excellent. Well, Thanks so much for sharing with us. It has been my pleasure and appreciate you uh, putting this information together and sharing it with congregation uh, members this way so that they can get access to it. Absolutely. Great. Well, if you see Dave, say hi. We'd love to talk to you. I'll put words in his mouth uh, about Harleys and uh, Justin Jefferson of Vikings. And um, I'm going to see if I can ride my bike fast enough to keep (laughs) up with you on your motorcycle. Perfect. And uh, great. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you.